It's our privilege to make these messages available to you. We pray that the Word of God will richly bless you. So let's get right into the Word with Pastor Rusty Martin. The most valuable thing on the planet is the Word of God. We're giving out cures to cancer, deliverance, how to be delivered from drugs, heal to heal marriages, all you name it, and the Word of God can do it. Amen? In your Bibles, turn, if you will, to the Gospel of Luke. We'll teach here for a little bit. Praise God. Still, still uh, working on matters of the heart. Has anybody enjoyed this series? Praise God. We've looked at a few things. We've, I guess, our two, what I would call jumping off scriptures. Proverbs chapter 4, my son or daughter, attend to my word, incline thine ears into my saying. Let them not depart from my eyes. Keep them in the midst of your heart for their life. Uh, for you have found them in health to all your flesh. And then above all, uh, guard your heart uh, with, all, uh, with all that you do. One translation says, with everything that you do, guard your heart, for out of it, are the, it come the issues of life. Amen? And then Hebrews uh, chapter 4, verse 12, well, the word of God is quick, powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword. It divides asunder that which is of the soul, the spirit, uh, uh, the marrow and the bones, that spirit, soul, and body, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. Now, just, just to kind of keep you focused on, uh, on what we're talking about, you know, the first, uh, the first Sunday we talked about the physical definition of the heart being the, uh, the organ in your front of your body. Actually, it says it like this, the hollow organ in the front of your body that pumps blood. Amen? But, you know, that blood is pumped into every area of your body. And any area of your body in which the blood flow is, is cut off, that area starts to die. So the heart's important. Keep your heart healthy. Amen. Take care of your heart and you'll live long and prosper. Amen. Praise God. Then we talked about the, 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 the more spiritual meaning of the word heart about how, you know, in a, a, a reference to the spirit, many times the word heart is used. It's interchangeable. In reference to the soul, which is the mind, the body, and the, and the uh, uh, mind, body, and uh, will, uh, the way we think, uh, the how we feel, and the choices we make, uh, you know, it can refer to that, the heart. But now, the definition we're using is the heart that develops. Everybody say the heart that develops. Now, the heart that develops, we see, can lie in two places in, in, in everybody's life. Uh, we kind of use the explanation of the athletes that have a heart to, uh, to play the game. They have the heart to, uh, uh, I was watching last night, uh, has they got any bull riding fans in here besides me? I was watching bull riding last night, and they got a young kid coming up uh, that's really good, and one of the co commentators, when he said it, it just jumped. He said, you know, this kid, he's young, uh, he's immature, he doesn't know the game as well as some of these others, but boy, he sure has a heart. And he's actually leading the world right now. You know why? He doesn't have all the experience, but he has a heart to do what he's doing. And so that can work in athletic endeavors and all other kind of endeavors. But now we're talking about that place which God should be developing in between our spirit and our soul. The reason is, is a heart fed from the spirit side of your life, a heart fed from the word, a heart fed from prayer, a heart fed from, from obedience will, will literally control your soul. It'll control the way you feel. It will control the thoughts that you think. And it will control the choices you make. Now, the sum total of your life is the sum total of the choices you've made. Bad life, bad choices. Amen or oh me. 
bad light. You say, well, man, I got what are you, are you picking on me? No, I'm trying to help you. I'm trying to help you make some good choices. Amen. Now today, uh, we want to talk about healing the broken, bruised, and offended heart. Now, with, you, with that in mind, go to Luke chapter 4 real quick. Luke chapter 4, verse 14. The Bible says, and Jesus returned in the power of the Spirit. Everybody say the power of the Spirit. Into Galilee, and there went out a fame of him throughout all the region round about. And he taught in their synagogues, being glorified of all. And he came to Nazareth, where he had uh, been brought up. And as his custom was, he went into the synagogue on the Sabbath day and stood up for to read. And there was delivered unto him the book of the prophet. You know, it says Isaiah there, but it's the book of, the, of Isaiah. And when he had opened the book, he found the place where it was written. I always write in my Bible. He found the place where it was written about him. Everybody say about him. Which means you need to do the same thing. You need to dig into the Word of God and find the place where it's written about you. There are all kinds of scriptures in the Word of God that are your identity. It's written about you. You're a new creature in Christ. You're the righteousness of God in Christ. Uh, the greater one lives in you. You're more than a conqueror. There's all kinds of scriptures that literally identify who you are, what you have, and what you can do. Now, it says here, uh, he took that, took that place in the scripture. Actually, Isaiah 61, 1 and 2. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he hath anointed me. Everybody say anointed. Now, let me say this. Jesus was anointed by the Spirit of God. That is the reason he could do signs, wonders, and miracles. Jesus could not do signs, wonders, and miracles because of his identity. You say, what do you mean by that? Well, when he was born on the earth, he was born son of man. But the unique thing about Jesus is he was not subject to the fall, to the original sin of Adam, because his father was not an earthly father. His father was the Word of God. His father was God Almighty. His father is our father, our heavenly father. So there are some, some very unique things about Jesus we need to notice. Number one, somebody who is in correct relationship with the father can be anointed. You say, what does anointed mean? Actually, the, the literal translation of the word, uh, definition of the word anointing means to smear or rub upon. And I said it like this. The Holy Ghost wants to smear upon your natural, the supernatural of God, so that you no longer live a natural life, you, you live a supernatural life. Can I get a better amen than that? So here's this guy. And for the first time, we see somebody walking in the fullness of the power of the Holy Ghost. Now, the Bible says of Jesus in John chapter 3, he was given the Spirit without measure, which that, that, that revelation helps us to understand we're given the Spirit by measure. Now, you say, well, why are we giving it by measure? And he had it without measure because he was the Word of God. Because he was the Word of God. He was the Word made flesh, and he dwelt among us. And because of that, he had the capacity to, 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 to encapsulate the full power of the Holy Ghost. You don't. Actually, you won't be able to till you have a glorified body. You say, why? Because you got resistance in you. There's resistance in your soul. There's resistance in your flesh. There's resistance in your mind to the glory and the power of God. That's why you got to renew your word, you renew your mind with the word of God. You got to present your body to the word of God and you got to get your heart worked on. Amen. Now notice what he said. He said, the spirit of the Lord is upon me, has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. Well, that's the first group of people. Then notice this. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted 
to preach deliverance to the captives, the recovering of sight to the blind, to set at liberty them that are bruised, to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. Now, literally, he identifies two groups of people as being bruised and brokenhearted. Everybody say bruised and brokenhearted. Now, if Jesus was sent to heal the brokenhearted, that must mean there is a capability in us to have a broken heart. Now, in my studies this week, as I begin to look at different things in the Word of God and and the things that the Lord, uh, you know, begins to uh, share with me and speak into my spirit, we know that the phrase, a lot of people just throw that, well, that just breaks my heart. That just broke my heart. I just broke, you know, that can can go from every place from the trivial, uh, you know, to, to something very serious. I know this year, a lot of, where are any Dallas Cowboy fans in here? A lot of the Dallas Cowboy fans were, you know, they were hoping Dallas would go to the Super Bowl and then come that dreaded game in which they lost. And all of a sudden people say, I'm telling you, that game broke my heart. But if you notice, you got over it pretty quick. Amen. Come on. Uh, you know, there are other things that go on in life. I was, I was thinking about my, my, little, my, little, my little weenie dog, Daisy. I had a little weenie dog named Daisy. And I think a couple of families in the church had her, and, and they abused her so horribly, and, 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 and they were taking her to a horrible fate, and so they brought, they brought, them, to my, brought them to my house. I, it was rolling. And they brought them to my house. <laughs> anyway, I think, I think Daisy knew something. She knew something was up. So when she hit the floor, she ran over. I was sitting in this big chair. She ran over and got behind me and started looking out from behind me. She had these big old dark eyes and that long, pretty snout. And she looked up to me like, are you my savior? And I was her savior. She melted my heart. And she became my dog. We have lot, we've had lots of dogs. We've got Cookie and Freckles now, and they're family dogs. We had Honey. We had uh, Sugar. We've had all these other dogs. But now Daisy was my, I, she got, even Leah got a little ticked at Daisy. Because I'd be, I'd be napping on the couch or sleeping, and Daisy, she'd always sleep on one side or the other. And so Leah would come to either wake me up or to kiss me goodnight to go to bed. And, man, I'm telling you, as soon as she would touch me, Daisy would rear up. La, 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 la. And Leah would look at me and say, you're going to have to do something about that dog. I, I ain't doing nothing. I'm not doing nothing. That's my dog right there. She'd sleep on my neck at night. And, I mean, and, and when she got sick several times, there were a couple of times that I just went up, took her upstairs, and, and she began to have these seizures and stuff. Doctor said she had some type of lesion where she was probably uh, dropped or something happened to her. And she would have these seizures. And a couple of times I thought she was dead. And I'd take her upstairs and just pray in the Holy Ghost for two or three hours and fall asleep. And we wake up in the morning, her tail would be wagging. But then one day, she just got really down. And, and uh, I, I, I knew it was time for, for her to go to heaven, to go to my mansion in heaven. And, and thank God for Doc. He just was so, he's such a compassionate man. And he came to the house and put her down. And, and, uh, and it just, man, I just, I just sobbed. I just wept. My heart was so broken about two or three days. Then I was over it. Amen? So that shows us there are different degrees. Now let me just say something. 
My mom has been in heaven for five years. Uh, the Lord supernaturally warned my brother and I. We were fixing to uh, go on a hunting trip, and, and he warned us uh, not to go. We really didn't know specifically what was going on. We just knew in the spirit something was wrong. So we stayed at home that particular day. And mom went to heaven that day. But let me just say this to you. My mom's passage to heaven did not break my heart. You say, now, what, you, you mean your heart was broken over a weenie dog and not your own mother? Now, let me just say something to you. There is such an expectance of, expectancy in me of seeing my mother again. Heaven is so real to me that her passing to the other side, actually, we grieved a little bit around the body for a little bit. The family did. But if any of you that attended her funeral, it was a homegoing celebration. I see Brother George Sims. I remember when, when Ann went to heaven. I mean, you know, we, were, we hurt for a little bit there, but then we had, her, we, had her, uh, we had her homegoing celebration. And I think, I don't know how many CDs of that homegoing celebration went out into the community. People never heard a message preached like that because they never experienced such an anointing like that. See, that's one of the stings that Jesus pulled out through his victory over death, hell, and the grave. He ripped the sting of that out. And if you've lost a loved one and you still grieve or you're still brokenhearted, honey, if they're in heaven, you ain't got no reason to grieve. You ain't got no reason to be brokenhearted. They're walking the streets of gold. They wouldn't come home if you went up there and begged them. Amen. So we have to begin to look at the different conditions that cause our hearts to be broken. Now, I begin to define some things, begin to look at some things to find a broken heart, a broken heart. Any area in which your heart is not guarded is a potential area for a broken and bruised heart. That's why God says to guard your heart. What's he wanting you to guard it from? Guard it from being broken or bruised. And there's all kinds of stuff out there that can just break your heart. Come on. I mean, it's just, it's just a, 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 you know, a, a, a reality that life itself, as you go through life, there are all kinds of stuff. So you've got a, a, a different translations of guarding. Above all, above every charge I've given you, I charge you to guard your heart. One translation. Use all your watchfulness to guard your heart. Now listen to this. Guard your heart more than any other treasure that you possess. Now let me, let me just ask you this. Some of us have safes at home. Some of us have safety deposit box at the bank. We put money in the bank. You know, the, these banks are, are built like, you know, like forts so you can't break into them. And we spend all kinds of time, effort, and money guarding physical treasure. But what kind of guard, what kind of watch do you put on your heart? Because any area of your life in which you're not guarding your heart, the enemy's going to come in and make you brokenhearted or bruised in your heart. Amen? Now, a broken heart is any event, situation, life experience, or circumstances which renders your heart ineffective to perform that which God intends. Now, what God intends for your heart to do is God intends for your heart to be the regulator of your soul. You build strength in your heart from your spirit, from the Word of God, from prayer, from meditation. Where, where, do, where does God empower you or strengthen you? Not in your heart, but in your spirit, man. Amen? What is the, the, the great prayer uh, over in Ephesians 3? For this cause, I bow my knees unto the Father of the Lord Jesus Christ, that with the whole family is heaven and earth his name, that he would grant you to be strengthened by his power in your inner man. In your inner man. Why? So that Christ may dwell in your heart by faith. This week I was, I was listening on my 
iPod. I'm listening to a bunch of, uh, of Brother Good, J.R. Goodwin's old teachings. Now, he was our pastor, what, Dad, from 61 through 73. And then good friends of mom and dad and our family until both of them went on to be uh, with the Lord. Now, now, Brother Goodwin was saying this. He said, Jesus does not abide in you. Now, I was listening to Brother Goodwin teach this. He said, he abides in you by faith in your heart. But it's the Holy Ghost, the Spirit of God that abides in you. And he finds residence in your human spirit. And by the Holy Ghost and through the Word of God, God wants to give you a brand new heart. A healed heart. An unbruised heart. Did you know even today, one of the great medical phenomenons of our medical technology is they can do a heart transplant? Isn't that amazing? That they can literally take an old diseased, beat up, tore up, abused heart, and they can take it out of your body put you on a bypass machine, take another heart, sew it into your body, flip the switch on, and there you are. Well, I think if the medical science can do that with a physical heart, how much more adapt is, is God doing it with the spiritual heart? Now think about any event, situation, life, and spirit, circumstance which renders your heart ineffective to perform that which God intends. It, it, it inhibits the inner spirit, the inner man, from feeding information, motivation, and desire. Why don't people do things when it comes to obeying God? It ain't in their heart. It's not in their heart. So it affects the way they think. It affects the choices they make. And it affects the way they feel. Getting quiet in here, amen? I mean, you know, when I was a kid... I was real resistant to go to, about going to church because our parents, you know, uh, drug us to church every Sunday. I heard one guy say, yeah, I, I was raised on drugs. They drug me to church every chance they got. Well, I was the same way. I was raised on drugs. They drug me to church every, every, every time the doors were open. We went to church. We went to church. We went to church. It was in my parents' heart. It wasn't in my heart. It wasn't. I'll just be honest. I didn't understand why I had to, why my dad came early to football practice to pick me up to take me to church. That was embarrassing to me. I didn't understand why there were certain times when I went to rodeos and he would make the finals, and if the finals were on a Sunday, I couldn't go. I had to go to church. I could not deal with that. You know why? It was not in my heart. But now it's in my heart, honey. I'm at church every time the doors open, and I even go. Last week, I think I went to two, two, two meetings here in the town. People were having special meetings, so I just went to those meetings. Why? I love to go to church. You say, why? It's in my heart. I know what church is. If you knew what church really was, you'd be here every service. You'd be here on Tuesday for the Tuesday class. You'd be on Wednesday for prayer. You'd be here on Sunday if we had Sunday night. You'd be here every time the doors were open if you really knew in your heart what church was. We're going to teach on that later so you will know. So it affects your choices that you make. It, it affects the way you think. It affects the way you feel. Now, uh, 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 God intends, uh, which God intends, it inhibits the inner spirit man from feeding inner information, motivation, and desire, rendering your heart unable to function as God designed it. One must rely on feelings, thoughts, and choices to function, not realizing Feelings, thoughts, and choices are the devil's playground. 
Think about it. He gets into your mind. He gets into your feelings. He gets into your choices. Brother, he will wreck your life. And God's doing everything he can do to build into you a heart of faithfulness, a desire for the things of God, a heart of perseverance, a heart of faith, a heart of joy, a heart of peace. And I like to say it like this. He wants to return your merry heart to you because a merry heart doeth good like a medicine. It'll heal your life. Mm -mm -mm. Now listen to this. It will cause, this is an offended, broken heart. Now let me just say it like this. A bruised, broken heart leads to an offended heart. We'll get to that next week. But a bruised and broken heart will cause the corrosion process to begin to affect your treasure. Because where do you keep your treasure? In your heart. One of my greatest treasures on this planet is the woman that God gave me to walk through life with. Now, now, listen, I, I know a lot of people here say this, and, 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 and I don't know how you receive it. It really doesn't matter because I'm the one that got to live it and in getting to live it. But we have had a great marriage. We don't fight a lot. We don't argue a lot. She does all, most of the fighting and arguing. And I. <laughs> but look, when we first got married, we found ourselves really butting heads against each other because we're so opposite. I mean, I'm born in the winter, she's born in the summer. When I'm hot, she's cold. When she's cold, I'm hot. I mean, every area of our lives, we're just extreme opposites. So we begin to do some digging, and we begin to find out that there were some things in our hearts. Amen. Well, I had been through a divorce myself. Uh, Leah had gone almost to the altar, lived with somebody, was going to marry them. So we had people in our lives in which there had been very negative relationships and separations. Now, unbeknownst to us, what we were doing, the Holy Ghost revealed it to us, the Word of God showed it to us, unbeknownst to each other consciously, unconsciously, I was punishing her. For something someone else had done to me. She was punishing me because of something someone else had done to her. Because what someone else had done to me and what someone else had done to her had broken our hearts. And so our motivations, our desires were not coming from the Spirit. So we thought wrong about each other. We felt wrong about each other. And we made the wrong choices. Well, it didn't take us a couple of years, honey. We had that healed up. Because that was leading both of us in a direction we did not want to go. We recognized it. We saw it. We did something about it. God healed our broken hearts. And we spent 31 years now building a heart toward one another. I'm her biggest fan. She's my biggest fan. Amen. I'm handsome. She's beautiful. Uh, We don't care what you think. And as far as we're concerned, that's not calling those things that be not as though they were. Uh, We say I love you almost every day. I don't know how many times a day. Every time she does something for me, I thank her. Every time I do something for her, she thanks me. Listen, our thoughts toward each other are wholesome. The way we feel about each other is wholesome. And our choices toward one another are wholesome because they come from the right heart. Now, some of this here, boy, I tell you. Your heart is always revealed in your words and your actions. Your mouth, is connect, your, your mouth 
connected to a broken heart will continually rehearse the situation which causes the condition. From the trauma of a broken heart, you feel and think wrong and always make wrong choices. Now, I've seen this. The different, what we could call manifestations or the different, uh, what was that word I used earlier? Well, manifestations is good enough. The symptoms, there it is, I wrote it down. The different symptoms of broken and bruised heart. Now, the, the depression, that's what depression is. If you're struggling with depression now, it just may not be a chemical imbalance like psychiatrists and psychologists tell you and you need to be medicated till you can't think. It just may be that someplace in your life your heart has been broken and instead of dealing with it from the standpoint of the spirit realm, you've tried to deal with it other ways. And man, that, that, I know that opens a whole new uh, genre of what we have to deal with, but the good news is you can deal with it. It's not hard to deal with it. You can have a heart change in an instant. Can I get a better amen than that? Now, now I've, always, I've always heard this and noticed it. Women would say, uh, you know, I always choose some man that abuses me. Why do you do that? I've heard men say, well, I always choose some woman that always just tears me up, tears me down, ends up running off with everything I have. Why do you do that? What's in your heart that would motivate the way you think towards yourself, the way you feel towards yourself, and the choices you make that would cause you to be joined to someone that would destroy you knowingly? Getting quiet in here. It just may be that there's an area of your life that has been broken and you have not let God come in and mend and heal it. And I'll show you the band-aid we use in just a minute. But brokenheartedness leads to depression, hopelessness. See, I feel so hopeless. What is hopelessness? No, expect no expectation. And no wonder the devil wants to get your hope because faith is the substance of things hoped for. The Bible calls faith, excuse me, calls hope the anchor of the soul. And in teaching on faith for so many years, I've made this statement and it bears, it bears repeating today. The devil's really not after your faith. He's after your hope. He's after your expectancy. Because if he can get your hope, he's got your faith. He's got it. It's gone. Amen. So he attacks your expectancy. Now listen, if you're looking down the, down the corridor or the spoke of the future and you're thinking, I'm hopeless. I have no expectation for anything better. I have no expectation for anything nicer. I have no expectation for any goodness. Then you're hopeless. And hopelessness is a horrible condition to be in. But I, I got good news for you. You came to Island Church this morning and I'm going to teach you to the place you're going to have hope again. You can begin to hope again. Amen. Extreme moods come from broken hearts. Man, you up on the mountain one day singing, you down in the dumps the next. You're in one day, out one day, for one day, against one day, light one day, dark one day. I mean, just every, your life is discontinued. And one thing about roller coasters, there needs to be a place where you get off. <laughs> years ago, years ago, Breland was little. And we ended up at, at what, what's that place in San Antonio with them? SeaWorld. SeaWorld? SeaWorld. We're up at SeaWorld. And we happened to go after the schools in the San Antonio area had started. Many of the schools in Texas had already started. So there weren't many people there. So we didn't have to stand in any lines or do anything like that. And Breland was little, and, and, and Leah doesn't like roller coasters. So I was going to go ride the roller coaster. 
And so there was no line. And I noticed this little family. It was a little girl and a boy that looked to be about nine years old. And he barely came up to the place where you, where you, you know, you got a measure to go on the roller coaster. And so, uh, you know, he stood up there and he just measured up. So they put me and him in the same car on the roller coaster. There wasn't about like four other people on the roller coaster. So it starts going. And that little boy looked at me and said, sir, sir, do you think they'll let me off this? <laughs> and man, he had terror in his eyes. And I looked at him and I said, in about two minutes, they'll let you off of it. And we went up and we went down and we went up and we went down and we went round and round. And he was holding my hand, just gripping my hand around and round and round. And so it finally ended. And I said, you like that? He said, yeah. He said, you want to go get it? I said, no. <laughs> Amen. And sometimes for people, that's the way their life is. But, but look, if the only way to get to San Antonio was on a roller coaster ride, I wouldn't go. That's too much for me. That's too many turns. That's too many ups. That's too many downs. And people get like that, and they're unable to control their moods. Amen? And next thing you know, you're walking along having a great day, and one person cuts you off. Turning someone, and you, oh, 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 oh. you bark at them. You, you want to bite them. You want to you follow them, get their license plates. Hopefully, you don't have a concealed handgun license, you know. I get those salutes all the time, you know, those, you know. I always say, it's just brokenhearted. No, no, no telling what caused them to do that, you know. Insecurities come from a broken heart. You get around people. I don't like people. I just don't like people. That's an insecurity. All insecurities are weaknesses that draw from strongholds in our mind. And I'm telling you, a broken heart will feed that stronghold, and it will cause the devil to gain an ascendancy upon you. And those insecurities many times will keep you out of the blessings of God. Because you're so you're insecure about money, insecure about uh, uh, you know different things, all types of these things that rise up. You've got to make a decision to break that in your life and to give Jesus access to your broken heart. Now here's the band aid. You ready for the band aid? Well, before I go to the band aid, let's talk about helping ourselves. Well, I'm gonna help myself. I don't need God. I don't need Jesus. I tell you, I'm self made person. We we put band aids upon ourselves, and we try to. Help, we, you need to help yourself. You need to help yourself. And that leads to what? All kinds of addictions, which have their root in a broken heart. Now, we talk about all the bad ones, you know, drugs, alcohol, pornography, all this kind of stuff. But, you know, there's other kind of addictions. The Bible says a false balance is an abomination to the Lord. Man, I got friends. I'm telling you, as soon as September gets here, they go hide in the marsh in the woods. I mean, they go, they go hunting, and they go hunting, and they go deer hunting, and they go duck hunting, and they go moose hunting, and they go elk hunting, and they go every kind of hunting you can find, and it's a false balance in their life, and the Bible says that's an abomination to them, and they are hiding from something because that, 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 that one moment of the kill or of the catch or whatever, it, it helps them to be able to not recognize the pain that's in their heart. So they really can't enjoy what they're doing. Did you know that's what gambling is all about? Did you know the casinos of Las Vegas and these other places that have gambling are full of brokenhearted people? I heard a guy talk about, 
his gambling addiction on the radio on a Larry King show. It was Tim Conway. Anybody know who Tim Conway is? Remember McHale's Navy? He's, yeah, I think the, the, the Carol Burnett show, different places like that. He was a funny guy. Did you know he had a raging gambling addiction that kept him almost bankrupt his entire career? And it was for the horses, for the track. And this is what he said. I was listening to Monterey King because this was after he got set free from it. He said, while the ponies ran, I did not have to consider the hurt in my heart. While they were running around the track, I didn't think of my pain. I didn't think of my hurt. You know what those people are doing in Las Vegas, these different places, while they're, while they're pulling the slot machine, while they're dealing the cards, while they're doing all of that, they don't, have, they don't care how much money they win or lose. They don't care. They just want something that will take their mind off of the hurt that is in their heart and the pain that it produces. Then the consummate, but now you can do this with, you can do this with, with sports, you can do this with, with you know, uh, too much time with your kids, too much time doing this, too much time doing, you can take anything and use it for the wrong purpose and it become a false balance in your life. But then the band-aid that we put over it, you know what that is? That's anger. That's why I never get mad at angry people because the real Boy, I didn't get any amens on that, did I? The real reason people have such rage in them is they're angry. And what anger is, is a band-aid over a hurt that only the surgical hand of the master healer, Jesus Christ, can cut out and circumcise out of your heart that place that is so hurting so we cover that many times with anger. And what anger does, it brings us to a place where we have no control over how we feel, how we think, or the choices we make. When anger manifests itself in the strongest fashion, it controls us. We don't control it. That's why the Bible says, be angry and sin not. Neither let the sun go down in your eyes. Over the book of Ephesians. Be angry and sin not. Be angry and sin not. Do not let the sun go down on your wrath. You know what God is saying? Don't get angry. If you do, don't do it for 24 hours or you'll drag it into seed time and harvest. And I've had people say, I've got a three-year-old kid, and that kid is so angry. He throws his bottle. He turns over the, turns over the high chair. He, he, he jerked the TV off the counter the other day. I, why is my child so angry? Have we, sweetie? Talk to people just like that. We look them right in the eye and say, it's not your child that's angry. It's you that's angry. It's you that's angry. And you've drug your anger into seed time and harvest and planted a seed in them that unless God intervenes, it's going to ruin their life. Because that's what we do. We get angry. We get mad. We, 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 all the disappointment that rises up in our lives, and all of a sudden, we just, you know, then we come to this place where we lose it. What is the definition of anger? A sudden, uncontrollable surge of emotion. I hate you when you've been married to him for 25 years. Just trying to help you all this morning. Anything out of balance, shopping, friends, all that kind of stuff. It's an abomination to the Lord. Amen? A bruised heart. Now, let's just talk just for a moment. Oh, my time. Where'd my time go? Is this helping anybody? A bruised heart. Now, we talk about a broken heart. 
Broken many times outward things that go on that, that and do things like that. And let me just say this to our married couples because we want to do something for mar- our marriage, married couples this year. Uh, listen, uh, for, a, for a believer, divorce should never be an option. Now you say, why is that? If you are a child of divorce and your parents were divorced or, or you, you, you've gone through a, a couple of marriages, you know the heartache it produces. Now, in children, many times, this is where you see a bruised heart. Because the more older a child gets, he gets up six, seven, eight, nine, ten, and he gets into a house where there's a lot of turmoil. The first place the devil goes is to that child and begin to say to that child, It's your fault. They wouldn't have had you, they'd have had a happy marriage. If they wouldn't have had, and that brokenheartedness in a child produces in a family what? Divorce. Well, divorce just runs in our family. Grandma and grandma got grandma and grandpa got divorced. Mom and dad got divorced. You know, all the, and listen, I'm not against divorced people. I went through one. I know what it's like. I know how much pain it. Thank God, God gave me mercy. We didn't have any children. But now I've had to deal with uh, just a multitude of people who were who, who their parents had gone through a divorce, and they had this this chink in them, this thing in them. They just could not seem to identify or get over. And what it was was a great inward bruise a sense of guilt or condemnation that they were the cause of something that happened to two mature people that should have known better. I know it gets quiet in here when I teach things like this, but man, we're trying to help people. We want people set free and delivered from this kind of stuff. And listen, people can sit around and say, well, I'm a, I don't know if that really makes any difference or not. It does. It's painful. It hurts. Bruised is inward. I was telling in the early crowd, I probably maybe a little more familiar with bruising than you are because I used to rodeo. And there, there's bruises that happen. I kicked in the back of my calf on the, on the right side and, and by a bull coming off the back of the bull. He kicked right as I came off. I mean everything he had in that back foot right into the back of my calf. And I, I couldn't get my boot off. I mean, it wouldn't come off. They had to take a, a knife and go down the back of it and cut it so I could get my boot off. Now, the, 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 the guy, I was at a rodeo school when it happened, and the guy there, Jim Shoulders, who won 16 world champions, is very familiar with bruises, looked at it and said, you need to keep an eye on that because that bruise will turn into a hematoma. If you're not careful, if it's deep enough, then what will happen is all the tissue will dissolve and it'll be a pocket of blood. And if that happens, then it has to, it has to be cut out. They have to cut it out. And that's what happens many times with inward bruising of the heart is there's such trauma, but we hold it inward. But as we hold it inward, it begins to rot in us. The life element of our heart begins to fade, begins to rot. People say, he's got such a dark heart. Why? Why why do our hearts get so darkened or so resistant towards the things of God? people that end up in adultery, people that end up in all these different sins that are very private, that are very quiet. You know, the woman that was brought to Jesus in the very act of adultery, she was a broken-hearted woman. She was a bruised-hearted woman, or she had never been involved in adultery in the first place. But see, everything she did in private got exposed by religion. I'm not going to go that direction. I'm just going to leave that with you. But Jesus did not expose it. Jesus healed it. Religion exposed it. That's why you don't need religion. You need Jesus. Mm -mm -mm. Then all of the different emotions 
that begin to become what you think you are. Guilt. Well, I'm just a guilty person. Every time I can't even do anything without being guilty. Well, that's not of God. Amen. All the different inhibitions that start. You, you, you know, you have two or three bruises in you, and you no longer approach people anymore. You stay back because you know there's a potential in every person to bruise me. There's a potential in any relationship, whether it just be a friend that I know, somebody that I work with, whether it be maybe uh, uh, somebody God wants to bring into my life to help heal me, no matter who it may be, might be a pastor. Well, the last pastor really bruised me. Well, honey, you're going to have to get over that or you'll never have another pastor. And every Christian needs a pastor, but they're not perfect. I might be close. Remains to be seen, amen. Unfulfilled dreams. It's easy to big dream, dream big dreams when you're young. Amen. I've seen people bruised, especially, had a, had a friend, a little bit more than an acquaintance, wasn't a close friend, but was a friend of mine. He was three grades above me, and this guy could have wrote his own ticket in any sport he wanted. He was about six foot six. He played uh, the, the, the starting quarterback on the high school from the time he was a sophomore. He threw a baseball so fast you couldn't see it. Threw so, and so he had two opportunities, two opportunities. Uh, uh, University of Houston offered him a full-ride scholarship to come play uh, football for him. Wanted him as a quarterback. Houston Astros recruited him right out of high school to play baseball. Gave him a $50,000 signing bonus. He lasted two years, played in their farm teams, hurt his knee, messed up his arm. That was it. I saw him a couple of years later at a party. He was a bruised man. His expectations and dreams of his athletics career was gone. I think he was working in a bait camp on a barge out in Trinity Bay. He had no more ambition than just to go dip shrimp as boats come by to go get bait to go fish. He was totally bruised on the inside. Here's another one. Unanswered prayer. See, many times we have in our mind that God's going to do something and he's going to do it our way. When he never does it our way, he only does it his way. So we pray and we intercede and we pray and we intercede and we pray and we intercede. Now, Leah, Leah and I, when we first began to believe God for a child, we, 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 we really put effort uh, into, into this, you know, she, uh, we got the poor back, she was pregnant, then all these uh, uh, circumstances rose up and it began to look like she was going to lose that child. And man, I tell you, I, I became Mr. Prayer Warrior. I became, man, I, I started fasting, I started praying, I went to a meeting up in Brown with Texas for four days and I stayed on my face. I'd go preach and I'd come back and I'd pray and I fought for the life of that child and that child didn't make it. And I recognized right then and there this is an opportunity for me to be extremely bruised if I'm not careful. The Holy Ghost said that. He said you better be careful with what just happened to you because if you're not careful with what just happened to you you're not going to get the miracle that I'm intending for you to have and you're going to end up in a place which you will never proceed forward from because you have such a bruise in your heart. And I gathered Leah up and we jumped up and we ran to Aransas Pass 
and went and got in a house down there and went fishing and hung out and hung out with our family and friends. And, and, just, and just, it wasn't a couple of weeks later, we were out there again believing God for a child. And we got that beautiful teenager in the back working to the children today. And that's how we got her because we did not allow that circumstance to bruise us even though we prayed and prayed and prayed and believed God. See, those are inward things. Everybody say inward. Mm-mm, that's why they can be so damaging to us. Now, listen, now I wrote this down. If this makes you mad, I know it's not for everybody, but let me just say this. This is why dating, everybody say dating. dating. If you're dating or you have someone, a young person that's going to be dating one day, you have to be very careful with dating because dating can leave a bruise in you. Especially, you know, when, 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 you're, when you're unsupervised, when you're, you're older and you're, you know, you maybe believe in God for a, for a husband or a wife or whatever you're doing. And you're just kind of soul shopping. <laughs> well, the problem with soul shopping is over here on the other side of your soul, you got flesh. And all you got to do is rub flesh together a little bit. And you got a spark. And a spark can start a fire. And a fire can burn you up. That's why Paul said, it's better to marry than to burn. He knew who he was talking about. But I've seen this pattern develop among young Christians. And they'll go find, and they'll start dating, dating, dating. And then they won't watch. They won't guard their heart. And they'll step around here and get over in the flesh. And then once it happens, it violates their heart and bruises them. And where, you know, three weeks ago, this was the one. She's the one. He's the one. But now you violated and committed sin because that's called fornication. And when you do that because you've got a righteous heart being developed, all of a sudden, who you're dating loses their value. They're now soiled goods, but so are you, cowboy. I'm trying to help everybody. Amen. That's why you've got to be so careful. I mean, when Lee and I dated, you know, I was so happy when we got married. But we made it. Everybody say they made it. We made it. Praise God. It was a fight, but we made it. Hallelujah. Neither will you value them. And this will lead to a, compu- uh, a compulsive behavior. Now, how's my time? Oh, man, I'm two minutes over. Can I finish this? Take me about five minutes. Okay. A bruised heart also produces hardness. Have you ever had a bruise that, that, that when, it, when you had that bruise, it was like a hard knot? And you thought, man, I messed myself up. I had that happen to me about 10 years ago. I, I fell off of my surfboard and landed on the fins. And man, I came up and it felt like, I mean, it felt like I had a rock. And then it felt like I had a toothache in my behind. I'm like, oh my God. <laughs> now listen, I ended up in a physical therapist. I, I mean, I, I, I took pain meds. I did all this kind of stuff. I mean, I, I, it was just, it was ridiculous. I ended up, now listen, the doctors didn't tell me this, but I ended up at a physical therapist. She told me, she said, let me tell you something. And she described my pain. She described the symptoms that I was having. She said, that bruise was so deep that it put pressure on the lining 
of that area that's in your hip where the ball and socket are. And when it put pressure on that, then that bruise basically magnified itself in that lining. Now that lining, that, that your, your, your flesh where that bruise took place heals up pretty quick. But it takes that lining years to heal up. So there are areas in your life that are bruised that can get healed up real quick. But thank God for the Holy Ghost. Things that may take you years to get over, the Spirit of God can come in and take it right out of you instantaneously. You get hearted in your heart. That's what it talks about all through Hebrews chapter 3 and 4. It talks about the deceitfulness of sin. Well, what? Harden you. Where does it harden you? In your heart. And what is the word harden? We, 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 we use it many times when we talk about hearing. Oh, he's hard of hearing. Holler, he's hard of hearing. Holler, get him a hearing aid. He's hard of hearing. That many times we, we are straining to hear from God. God, I need a word. I need to hear. I need to hear. I need to hear. But over here, our soul is screaming. The way we feel is screaming. The way we think is screaming. The choices we make are screaming. And we can't hear what the Spirit is saying to our, to our heart because we've hardened our heart. And that's a real obedience issue right there. Mm-mm-mm. All right, let me close. Let me get over here. What do I do? If you can identify... With a broken or bruised heart, you need to be healed. Number one, admit it. My heart's broken. My heart's bruised. And and listen, to deny it, now let me just say this, because a lot of people don't like to hear this, but it's true. To deny that you have a condition that you do not have, number one, sets your pride in a place of a century over what's wrong with you. And it will guard what's wrong with you. But then when fear comes in, and the fear is, I'll never change. I'll never have my joy again. I'll never have my peace again. I'll never have what I had at one time. I'll never have that again. So fear comes in, and pride puts its arm around fear and stands in sentry over what's wrong with you. Because you just, uh, I'm telling you, ain't, nobody, ain't nobody's business but mine. Well, let me tell you who else's business is. It's God's business. Because you're his child, and he don't want you messed up. He wants you healed, delivered, and set free so you can heal, deliver, and set other people free. Amen. Secondly, you've got to respond to ministry. You say, what do you mean? Don't shut down on me when I'm teaching this kind of stuff just because I'm talking about you. I keep going back to the lady that left our church, wrote me the letter. I'm leaving because you keep talking about me every service. I didn't even know who she was. <laughs> Obviously, the Holy Ghost was trying to talk to you. I don't know what goes on in y'all's lives. I don't know what you're dealing with. I'm trying to deal with what I'm supposed to be dealing with. But then when the Word of God is taught, the, the room is infused with the Word. That's where the anointing is. Some of you can be set free today and start a road to supernatural recovery. Amen. You've got to respond to the ministry, to God's anointing. You've got to return to your first love. You, listen, you've got to put God first again. You've got to come back to the place in your heart where you make a decision, I am going to put God first again in my life. I don't care how I've been beat up in church. I don't care how many broken relationships I've got. I don't care how many Christians have done me wrong. Because church ain't about what happened to me in the past. Well, we're not going to get off teaching on the church, but you have to return to your first love. Uh, fourth, you've got to resist thoughts. 
You've got to get 2 Corinthians 10. You've got to fight that warfare. Casting down imaginations. You've got to begin to do inventory of what's coming in between your ears. You can't just entertain any little old thought or insecurity that comes into your mind. And especially when your adversary tries to rehearse traumatic events in your mind, knowing that all that does is exacerbate your bruised or broken heart. He knows that. That's why he brings those memories up like a flood. You'll leave here today, get in your car in a parking lot, and the enemy will try to raise those situations up in your mind. You better recognize it, and out of your mouth needs to come. No, in the name of Jesus, I will not think that anymore. If you can resist the thoughts, you can resist the words. Now, this is the last one. Oh, my goodness. You better, rec- you better recognize your heart is the soil where God plants his word in you. Listen, your spirit man over here knows the word. Your spirit has the life and power of God. Your spirit will say yay and amen to everything the word says. Your mind won't. Your emotions won't. Your choice won't. So you, God put something in you called the heart. Called the heart. So as you begin to draw on the power of the Spirit and your mind says, you're not healed, you say, "Uh uh-uh. The Word says, by His stripes I'm healed. It becomes the good soil in which God plants the good seed. Where do you think the seed is planted? It's planted in the soil of your heart. You say, I don't know why I can't prosper. You're going to have to grow a crop. If every experience you've ever had with money is negative, you've got a bruised heart. Every time I get any money, it just goes right through my hands like water. I don't know what the deal is. I see all these rich people having all this good time, and every time I get any money, that's why it's so hard to tie. That's why it's so hard to It just seems money goes to everybody else. doesn't come to me. You're bruised. You're bruised. When it comes to physical healing, I don't know why everybody seems to get healed. I always got to go have surgery. You've got a bruise in you. Amen. Oh, pastor, talking about what a good marriage I have. We fight like cat and dogs. I guess that's just the way we are. You don't have to be that way. It doesn't have to be that way. You've got to make a decision. First of all, just admit, man, my heart's broken. And some of you in here today, your heart is so broken. And some of you have carried it for so many years that you think that's the way you are. But I got good news. That is not the way you are. That is not the way God made you. And that's not what he saved you to be. An inhabitor where all the toxins of life. Life is full of toxins. I'm not talking about in the natural. You can think about all the toxins in the natural. I'm talking about in the, in the spirit and in the soulish realm. All these toxic things that are set on television. All these toxic television programs. All these toxic books that are written. All this kind of stuff. And if you allow it to infect you then all that does is press on the bruise or the bruise. You ever had somebody press on a bruise or a sore place, something that you had in you? And all it takes is a little pressing, and buddy, it'll come out of you. And the Bible says in the Amplified that love is not touchy, fretful, or resentful. And people that are touchy, fretful, or resentful have a bruised or broken heart that they have not allowed God's love entrance into. Because God's love will heal touchiness, fretfulness, and re- touchy in the... Ma- he said something about marriage. Oh, my God, I've had so many bad marriages. 
Come on. He said something about See, oh, you're touchy. Amen. Resentful. Looking back at the past. The past controls you. You're like a puppet on a string. And then fretful. That's looking to the future and having no hope. And God says, there's one thing that'll heal you. My love. You, uh, you receiving it. You assimilating in it. You bathing in it and letting it cleanse you. Letting it heal you. How does God's love come to us? Comes through the word. We see we're valued. We see how much God, nobody will value you more than your heavenly father. And he's the most important person in the universe. So if nobody values you, but he does, you're a pretty important, important person. Come on, church. It's amazing. These Gideon testimonies of people doing drugs in, in, in hotel rooms. I know Jesse Duplantis is a, a testimony. He's fixing to go sing some rock concert in Boston. And here's a book in a table in a, in a, in a hotel and pull it out. And there'll be so much love and forgiveness and power in that book that instantaneously they get set free. Pretty amazing. But we as believers need to what? We need to just admit it when our hearts are broken and bruised and say, Father, I'm not going to sit around trying to, trying to self-medicate my bruised or broken heart. I'm going to yield to your spirit, to your word, to your anointing, and I'm going to be set free of that in Jesus' name. Amen. Praise God. Brother Frank, come if you will. Praise God. Lift your hands up and worship God for just a moment. I know we went over a little bit. We've got to take an offering, but we'll get all that done. Father, right now, in the name of Jesus, thank you for your word this morning that people will begin to see areas of their life that need to be touched by the life and the power of Almighty God. I thank you, Father, for every broken, for every bruised heart. There is an answer in here today that will set them free. For whom the Son sets free is free indeed. Father, we thank you for that. Lord, we glorify your name. Everybody, head bound. Thank you for joining us. We trust you enjoyed the message today. For services and special events, visit our webpage at www.islandchurchgalveston.com. You can contact us by phone at 409-770-9113. We are located at 2411 69th Street, Galveston, Texas. And remember to keep looking unto Jesus. He is the author and the finisher of our faith.